0: originals by Adam Grant chapter 2 review called blind investors and one-eyed investors the point of this chapter was about how we can or cannot see a good idea how to find good ideas and how to know good ideas from not good ideas the story is given in the book of two examples the first is Segway these uh, personal transporter bike type things was made by an amazing inventor and when people like Steve Jobs first seen it, he called it the most amazing piece of technology since the first computer he offered the investor millions and millions but he turned it down Jeff Bezos, the mm, founder of Amazon immediately wanted to get involved so many people of these you know, very successful people in the 21st century were like, wow, this is going to be huge. They expected to sell billions of them, you know, and like this, but it turned out to be a flop. So he's going through and seeing why that is. Another was the famous TV show Seinfeld, which turned out to be the most popular TV show of all time, but it got rejected as being like too random and the test audiences didn't like it you know but somebody gave them a chance so he's examining why why this is in both uh, the cases turns out with segway it was because people were evaluating it uh, outside of their field Mm, steve jobs was obviously into computers Bezos was into Amazon and stuff like that and while they could recognize that it was very novel and amazing piece of technology they didn't understand the full market so they were running on their intuition which wasn't tuned in for the transportation market whereas if they would have been running on pure rationalism and logic and so on could have asked many more questions to see if it would really be uh that popular as they thought it would be whereas in the case of um seinfeld most people rejected it but one person did see the the value of it because he was not engaged in the normal type of sitcoms he was in doing some something called saturday night live which is more kind of random stuff which was what seinfeld was and he could see the the good outcome of it and so he pitched for it and eventually got it squeezed in and it eventually took over and became the longest running best show of all time so Here he says, in one analysis, when over 200 people dreamed up more than a thousand ideas for new ventures and products, 87% were completely unique. So he says, our communities and countries and companies don't suffer from a shortage of new ideas. They're more constrained by a shortage of people who are very good at choosing the right new ideas. So this chapter is all about the hurdles and best practices in idea selection. So he has a part in here about how to know which people are able to make right forecasts, make make right selections. Um, We've talked about the segue, how the wrong people were involved to make the selection. Then also about Seinfeld. They had test audiences who were not... Uh, for various reasons, capable of making the right decision. The managers were judging based on their um, pre-history. So he says, social scientists have long known that we tend to be overconfident when we evaluate ourselves. So we also are not the best uh, evaluator of ourselves. He says, for example, college professors 94% rate themselves at doing above average work. So obviously how can 94% be above average? (laughs) It's got to be a minority that's above average. Engineers in two different companies, 32% and 42%, rated themselves at being in the top 5%. So there are many similar studies that we obviously always think we are, we over-evaluate ourselves. This is is a good tendency about humans. We have to have good... um, self-confidence but when it comes to evaluating our our performance in an objective way we over-evaluate ourselves Um, managers tend to under-evaluate things because they're being more realistic they have some distance and they care more about performance which puts them in a more uh, neutral position so long story short he comes to find out that the best evaluators of an idea are peers themselves, those who are already engaged in such an, such a similar activity or such a similar business, they're going to be the best at evaluating what we're offering. And another helpful hint to become good at evaluating is when um, tests were done, when people were asked to first come up with five or ten new and novel inventions or ideas for businesses themselves before judging other ideas whether they would be successful or not they had a much higher success rate than just going in and judging other ideas so when we're first of all trained train our mind um, to ourselves come up with new and novel ideas we're able to be a better judge Uh, about whether others are successful or not. Then he goes on to talk about um, whether these famous people we think of that made amazing inventions were really just that creative or, as he states in the end, it was because they just did really a lot of work. Of course, they were very talented and creative, but they did a lot of work. He gives the example of the musicians Mozart um, Beethoven, and so on, they, there was a London Philharmonica Orchestra chose the 50 greatest pieces of classical music of all time. They listed six pieces by Mozart, five by Beethoven, and three by Bach. However, Mozart composed more than 600 pieces, Beethoven 650, and Bach over a 1,000. So out of all those thousands, Only a few were like really amazing hits. Um, Picasso, 1,800 paintings, 1,200 sculptures, 2,800 ceramics, and 12,000 drawings, along with much more. Still, only a few pieces are super famous. Mm, Some poems, maybe one out of 165 he mentioned someone's. So they're starting to say, uh, Einstein, Einstein wrote papers, wrote uh, 248 publications that had minimal impact, only one, his theory of relativity transformed physics. If you want to be original, the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work, do a huge volume of work, she says. Edison, Thomas Edison had 1,093 patents, but we can really only remember a few of them that really became famous the same year he invented the light bulb and the phonograph he also invented many other things that were also interesting but none of them became super famous so he says he goes on to state it's widely assumed that there's a trade-off between quantity and quality if you want to do better work you have to do less of it but he says this turns out to be false Many people fail to achieve originality because they generate a few ideas, only a few, and then get obsessed about making them perfect. So he speaks an example about Upworthy. Upworthy is a company maybe you've seen on Facebook that tries to make videos go viral. They have a policy of generating at least 25 headlines before choosing one he gives an example of um, there was a video about monkeys reacting to receiving cucumbers or grapes as rewards Eight thousand people watched it when the headline was remember planet of the apes it's closer than you think and then they had a different headline with over half a million people watching it that went two monkeys were paid unequally see what happens next so he says when they write headlines you start to get desperate and think outside the box you write number 24 and it will be useless and number 25 will be like amazing gold so i remember this also from exercises by um brian tracy brian tracy he's training in sales and productivity and many things and he has you write exercise where you write down like 25 ideas, you know, or something like that. And you're like struggling by number 20, but by the time you get to 25, it's like, that's the most amazing one. And that ends up being the one that works. He also makes a note that experts have a more difficult time adapting to new things or new rules than um, new people do in the example of expert accountants were worse than uh, new people, new accountants at applying a new tax law. As we gain knowledge about a new area or a new domain, we become prisoners of our prototypes, become prisoners in our area and not able to expand out and think about the same thing in novel ways. So again, coming back to to who should we turn to To evaluate our ideas and this is colleagues Um, colleagues lack the risk aversion of managers and test audiences they're open to seeing the potential of unusual possibilities and at the same time they have no particular investment in our ideas which gives them enough distance to offer an honest appraisal about our projects. And this protects us against false positives. False positive was when people say, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea, but it turns out to not be a great idea. This also means you have to have a lot of um, different uh, experiences in different areas to be able to correctly spot uh, a good novel idea. Uh, He goes on to talk about that a lot of famous nobel prize winners um, engaged in artists arts arts and uh, music drawing crafts woodworking poetry acting dancing things like this and he gives a, in a table he says the odds for winning a nobel prize winner how many times greater they are when somebody engaged in those activities they're two times greater when someone engaged in music seven times greater in the arts, like drawing and painting up to 22 times greater by dancing, uh, amateur acting, and so on. Um, A study of entrepreneurs and inventors showed that people who started business and contributed to patent applications were more likely than their peers. So the successful ones uh, spent time Um, drawing, painting, architecture, sculpture, literature, and so on. It also states that spending time overseas in other cultures um, gives a very higher rate of um, success, especially in this example was fashion designers uh, who spent a lot of time working, not just living or visiting, but actually working in a different culture and a vastly different culture, like the West to the East, and their ideas ended up being much, much more successful. Then he speaks about intuition. For example, Steve Jobs had his intuition that Segway would be a major hit, would be like super amazing investment, but his intuition was wrong this time, even though his intuition was right in so many times, that's why we have Apple computers, but it was wrong that time. And research he explained shows that our intuitions are only accurate in domains where we have a lot of experience. Uh, this was brought about by study of uh, handbags designer handbags and people were asked to judge whether they were uh, real or fake and people who had then experience with designer handbags who owned them and bought them they were able to use their intuition their gut feeling where they had just few seconds to guess and they had a much higher chance of guessing whereas if they would have 30 seconds to really expect and analyze they had a lower chance whereas this uh, result was opposite for people who had never touched a designer handbag they would have to spend more time inspecting it to really get an accurate rating whether it was a designer handbag or a fake copy. So he points out that Our subconscious is actually taking over when we use our intuition in an area where we have experience already. Nobel Prize winner points out that intuitions are only trustworthy when people build up experience, making judgments in a predictable environment. But in a rapidly changing world, the lessons of experience can easily point us in a wrong direction as well. He also talks here about the perils of passion sometimes when people will pitch a new idea if they're very extroverted they will be very passionate in their speaking so this can uh, investors can get caught up in this uh, enthusiasm and not be able to judge it from a objective and logical point of view it's very easy to be induced seduced by enthusiasm behind of people that are behind the novel idea then he gives the example of Seinfeld again where the one who pushed through to have Seinfeld made he could see that um, the producers and uh, Seinfeld himself in the show they were passionate from the heart not just because they were extroverted and excited about something but because they were really passionate into it And he said these were the type of people who will stay in the writer's room until midnight trying to figure out the right act. You know, that's the passion you're looking for. How meticulous someone is in their work, how dedicated they are to it, not just because it's excitement. And as we know, that is um, very sattvic passion versus rajasic passion, which is long term. He's also using an example about an eyeglass online company called Warby Pork Parker Warby Parker, who was the first to start selling eyeglasses and eyeglass frames online and they actually approached the author of the book to see if he wanted to get in invested and involved and he turned it down uh, and that was a false positive, he says, he, he didn't see correctly. How actually they were a group of four people were very qualified to start an online eyeglass business, whereas he had falsely judged them because they were maybe too careful, which was actually to their advantage, so he's talking a little bit of actually about how warby Parker Warby Parker company is continuing to be successful. He says they created a program where they invite everyone in the company to submit suggestions and it's open for everyone in the company he says they used to receive about 10 or 20 uh, new ideas every quarter of the year now they received hundreds and hundreds because every employee um, feels that their idea will be taken seriously so they just all the ideas go into a big google spreadsheet And even the technology team is free to pick and choose which ones they think should be implemented. The managers can upvote and downvote just to give people an idea. And, of course, all the team votes on ideas like that. And it's completely teamwork like that. And because the employees, the team, are giving new ideas, they're also able to judge others' ideas um, better because of that so he ends this chapter by saying in 2013 alone in the united states over 300,000 patents were granted now the chances that any one of these inventions will change the world are very tiny individual creators have far better odds over a lifetime of ideas when we judge their greatness we focus not on their averages but on their peaks so Usually when a great idea comes out, it's, it's a peak from a lot, a lot of ideas that have been generated by, by one person. And not only one person, but um, teams of people, teams of um, colleagues, and uh, teams of friends. So that's 20 minutes. See you next time for Chapter 3.